Hey friends, we're back with another But Why Not podcast. Today, hey friends, back with another podcast. I talked to Brad Sabalski, who is the owner of Be Connected, a uh, marketing agency in Appleton. And we talked about everything under the sun in Brad's life at the time. This was recorded in 2019. And we were talking about Brad's involvement in uh, some nonprofit work around Appleton, uh, a little bit about the inner workings of how he thinks about things and how he approaches life and business and family and balance. So I think it's pretty informative if you're interested to see how Brad thinks and hope you enjoy. Five, four, three. What's up, friends? What's up, friends? We're back. But why not? But why not? Um, I'm here with Brad Sabalski. Man of many traits, many hats, uh, with Be Connected, Blank Slate Collective, The Sponge Show, and uh, a lot of other things around the community Brad has a hand in. So we're hoping to uh, show you guys kind of who Brad is and what he's got going on in his crazy life. So uh, Brad, welcome. Thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Appreciate absolutely. It. So um, how, like how... <laughs> This is kind of a funny question, but like, how would you describe yourself? Like, when you when you meet someone, like, what do you tell them that you do? Like, well, uh, how do I describe my? That is kind of a funny question. Yeah. Um, I would describe myself as a um, an entrepreneurial creative geek. There you go. Who cares about the community and people around them? Cool. Um, so, when you say a creative geek. Um, this isn't where I was going to go right away, but I am curious, what, what creative aspects do you geek out about the most? I'm curious. Well, I've, I've always taken a fascination in visual things. So like okay. photo, video, design, um, even I'm not I- involved in anything like this, but even things like, you know, architecture and design of cities and mm-hmm. what that makes a person feel like when they first drive downtown and, um, all the way to the visual arts and supporting the arts culture that we have and uh, local artists. And I don't do a lot of art myself, but I admire it a lot. And I, yeah. I then I geek out around the uh, the visual content creation side of things, thus the uh, the business that I'm in. Okay, so things experienced through the eyes. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. And, and sound, too, because I've been in music like my entire life. So having... Uh, geeking out about music stuff and you know wh- how a song is written and why it's written that way and what it does to your emotions as you're listening to it and experiencing things like the symphony and um, everything audio along yeah. with the the visual side. Yeah, it yeah. all it all ties together. It does. Um, so for the people that don't know, be connected is kind of your main your main entree, right? Yeah. 
um, and that's a social media agency. You guys work with a lot of clients around town. Can you tell us like what is Be Connected in a in a nutshell? Well, I would say that I am not. We're not an agency just mm-hmm. because of a business model standpoint. Mm-hmm. Typically, agencies um, have are, are more well rounded in what they can do, and their business okay. model is set up a little bit different based off of roles within the company. Okay. What I would say is that we are a social media management firm. Okay. And we specialize in um, managing social media accounts for organizations and for businesses so that they don't have to worry about it on a day-to-day basis. And where the geek part turn, comes in is because the um, social side of things is usually most productive when you have content that you post every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, as we are posting right now, right? Mm-hmm. So um, the, we spend a lot of our day making stuff for our clients. <laughs> right. Um, do you still get to have a lot of creative, like, do you get to make stuff a lot? Or are you kind of doing more like admin stuff? Um, I have one client still actually that I, I've kept since the beginning. It was somebody else worked with them for a little while, but yeah. I have some, since stepped back in. But um, I get involved from a strategy standpoint. And from, um, if okay. I'm like the ultimate fill in, not ultimate as in good, but ultimate as in like if nobody else can do it, I'll fill in. Yeah, the last resort. <laughs> the last resort fill in. Yeah. So um, I try to lead by example and not afraid to pick up a camera and go get my hands dirty. So I, I still show up at events and I still, you know, go to client stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it, it's so important to who you are, to to your story. I mean, there was like little hints of what you're involved in as you were talking about what you geek out about the visual, the audio, mm-hmm. the symphony, the, 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 um, the arts mm-hmm. scene. Yep. Um, so I want to give people more context on be connected. Um, how did that start? That's well, kind of what I wanted to. Yeah. So I started right out of school actually. And were you like 22? 20? Yep. Okay. Um, it was 2011 and I just graduated. I actually came up with the business plan while I was still in school. I was about mm-hmm. three months away from graduating and I decided I was going to stop applying for jobs, right. which is Some not, risk. yeah, I, I wouldn't, it was actually the least risky thing to do because sure. I didn't have a house or a family or any of that stuff yet. So I didn't have anything to be responsible for. Right. I was like, if I have to, if I'm going to take a risk, it might as well be now and I don't have mm-hmm. to account for anything. So, um, so I came up with this business model, um, or a plan for it, I guess in college. And then when I graduated about a week after I graduated, I started and, um, moved back to back in with my parents, um, and was basically a freelancer up until I became full time. Mm-hmm. And well, I'll say more than full time. I was doing probably 60 hour weeks, but, um, once I got to that point, I had a choice to make. I, I can either just keep doing this myself and just have like a, a a small group of clients that I work with and I get paid for each one of them and it's really great. Um, or I could increase the capacity that I had to help, um, which then entails hiring people mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, all the overhead that's affiliated with hiring people. Yeah, scaling. Yeah, and ultimately... Um, when did that happen? When did you scale? So I, I, be, I got to that full-time part uh, about eight months in. Mm-hmm. Um, that was about when you're, we, well, you're, you were full time and you were like, okay, like I'm, yeah. I'm so I started maxed. out with one client, one person, one, one business gave me a chance right out of school. Mm-hmm. And then I got to, um, seven or eight clients within eight months. Wow. Um, and I was working a lot. I was hustling. And, mm-hmm. um, that, that was when I was like, I can either just make this living mm-hmm. or I can take these profits and reinvest them 
um, to grow the capacity, mm-hmm. knowing that that means that for the next few years, I'm not going to make hardly anything. Right. Um, and that's what I chose to do. And the reason I chose to do that is what you were getting at before is ultimately behind why we are trying to grow and why we, mm-hmm. why we do what we do. And that is the idea that a team of us can make a much bigger difference than any one of us can. Right. I liked how you worded it, the capacity to help. I'm yeah. Never, well, never honestly, that's what it is. It's like, I, I've always, I've been lucky enough to be raised in a family that is very community oriented. And, um, I've been lucky enough to see some role models who have, have gotten involved and, um, have done some really cool things. And, um, when I, when you're a 22 year old who has a few clients doing creative stuff, it's mm-hmm. pretty intimidating to be able to do, to do meaningful things, mm-hmm. um, to get involved in a meaningful way and have people take you seriously the way that you want to be taken. So it became very clear that, you know, if there were 10 of us, it would, I could make a much bigger difference on this, on this organization or this organization or this, yeah. this nonprofit versus if it was just me and my wide crazy ideas as a 22 year old. Definitely. Yeah. When, uh, when in that transition do you feel like you went from, and, and maybe I'm making an assumption based on how my, how Venture Wisconsin is right now for me, but at what point were you like, this is kind of chaotic, but it's going somewhere to like, this is, this is a real thing and like, this is organized? Um, or like, actually, I never really saw it as chaotic. Sure. I always had this idea of having structure and something that is mm-hmm. systemized that can fulfill a need with a service that people can really wrap their arms around. It wasn't mm-hmm. just like, whatever works, whatever works. Now, granted, I was mm-hmm. molding that product and that service into things like right. what by any means necessary, right? Whatever yeah. works. But... Um, at the end of the day, it, w- it was still structured, and I wanted to provide structure because I had the idea that if, if I were able to provide structure to a business, that means their expectations would be set so that they're not going to expect me to conquer the world if I don't tell them I'm going to conquer the world. Mm-hmm. So if I can tell them what my structure is, then they will expect that, right? Nice. And that you can duplicate. So mm-hmm. um, it was it didn't, never really felt chaotic to me. Sure. Can I give a quick shout out to somebody? Yeah, sure. So Haley is watching. Okay. My friend Haley. <laughs> Hi, Haley. She's she works at uh she, she's a radio host at WHBY. So, oh, okay. So the Sweet. radio is tuning into the uh, <laughs> to the to the, the new age <laughs> to the Facebook Live. Yeah, that's funny. Um, awesome. What's Haley? What's her last name? Haley Dell oh. or Ten Pass. Sorry, I might have blown your cover for yeah. the radio. <laughs> 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 she has a stage a name. pseudonym. Okay, yeah. that's funny. Um, fresh take, Fox, or not fresh take? That would be Josh. Josh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Focus Fox Valley is okay. her show in the afternoon. Awesome. So she's watching. Um, so as you guys, uh, um, as you were able to grow your capacity to help, um, what was like the first thing that you really feel like you were proud of that you gave back to the community? That I gave back, or like something you got involved with. Um, well, there were a couple things that I learned a lot of lessons along the way. Mm-hmm. I got involved with Pulse Young Professionals really mm-hmm. early on. So I've been involved with them for probably, oh, five years now, five, six years on the leadership side of things. Um, along with that, the, even though I'm not involved in this anymore and it's kind of morphed a little bit, but, um, 
the there was an original group that brought the uh, Fox Cities Restaurant Week to mm-hmm. the Fox Cities, mm-hmm. and I was involved in that. We'll say that launching group. Cool. Um, so it's not it's not called the same anymore, and it's, sure. it's run by a different group. But that was pretty meaningful. And then the one that hit home to me the the most was um, I started to get involved with the uh, history museum at the castle, mm-hmm. um, and my involvement there was because uh, like I just nerd out about the stuff, and I had some family members that were involved with the organization pretty early on, and um, I wanted to continue that and keep that going mm-hmm. um, because I'm a local family member and I, I care about the organization. And it was it was only a couple years into my involvement with that organization where the uh, um, I was in, I was able to well we'll say collaborate with a bunch of different groups to bring together the Alley Project, which is um, it was a pop up venue affiliated with Milo Music mm-hmm. that. Was with, that the first year last year or no? No, that I, was, I was the fourth year. year. But okay, that was sweet. the fourth year. Yeah, so it's really grown into something a lot bigger. Um, it started with just a, I think it was. I mean, if I'm looking, four foot by four foot stage. So you can only oh. had two. There was only enough room for two chairs. Okay. And then we had two two speakers, two small speakers that so um, I brought end. my own sound stuff in, and nice. um, we had some folding chairs that kind of sat up around it, and we had music that was in Saturday afternoon, which was kind of to spin off of the farmer's market. Okay. There were small little acoustic acts, and that was it. Yeah. But um, we also tied in uh, the Appleton's largest mural that took the entire side of the building, and Chad Brady painted, and it turned out awesome. That was pre-Alley? No, he did that... During. He did that leading up to the Alley Project music Mm -hmm. so that we could unveil it during Mila Music. And all of that color in downtown Appleton um, eventually made the front page of the paper. Mm -hmm. And it was a huge, people were talking about it, about like this really cool venue in this alleyway. Yeah. So then over the span of years, we were like, you know, let's just keep doing this every year. We're going to keep adding more animals to the mural and Mm -hmm. we're going to keep reinvesting in the soundstage and everything that's involved with that so that eventually it turns into something that is, you know, bigger than it can be today. Yeah. And the, uh, there was always like a fundraiser aspect to that as well for the museum. Okay. Oh yeah. Cause you guys, is there, is there beer trucks back there? Or yep. beer yeah. So trailers? we set up a bar, like a yeah. temporary out, outdoor yeah. bar, you know, with the wood tower. And that raises pulling. funds for the castle. Yep. Yep. Sweet. Um, do you guys add a new animal every year? For those of you unfamiliar um, maybe you're not from Appleton or maybe you're not sure exactly which mural. It's the mural literally on the side, um, right when you get past Lawrence on the side of the history museum at the castle. And, uh, they got like a, a fox and an airplane. So, that was, like, so the first iteration of it yeah. was a fox riding a bicycle. Okay. Yeah, and be, because the, the first year that that was painted, mm. we had, um, the history of, uh, bicycling in Wisconsin, as an exhibit yeah in the museum recently left only like a year or so ago yeah so it yeah. is actually probably a couple of years ago now really yeah oh, i saw it it feels like yesterday yeah right? we've had a few exhibits since then so that's yeah. how i know that's been it's been probably a couple of years now yeah but um we also were sponsored then um by the distributor that distributes new belgium okay so it was a, if you look it's a fat tire bicycle oh okay cool. um which is then being driven by a fox with a purple tuxedo on <laughs> nice. because why not yeah. right so 
um, so the foxes and um, the foxes then they're being pulled by a bunch of pelicans. Um, And if you look at the the mural itself, they are all animals that are. Did you script all this? No, Chad Brady did. No, Chad did, and he's he's way more artistic than I am, but. I'd love yeah. to have chat on. Um, the idea was that all these groups were coming together to put this thing on, and he wanted to do something that was about, like, you know, with a little help from my friends. Mm-hmm. And so he's got a, you know, fox riding a bicycle that's being helped by the birds that are pulling him. Sweet. The the pelicans that, if, you, if you're driving up College Ave, you can see the beaks of the pelicans just kind of poking out the top. And if you look at all the animals, as they were added each year, there is a tie-in between the animals helping each other. And okay. they're all animals that are then native to this area. Okay. Somewhat Sweet. native. The pelicans aren't really native, but they, yeah, I was they, gonna say I was gonna make the joke as you were telling. I was like, because pelicans are an invasive species, but I was like, they, I, yeah, I'd they look are. Like an <laughs> asshole, if I was wrong. Yeah, yeah, but they've been here for long enough that it's almost like they're native. <laughs> like there, there's enough weird, of them around yeah. the Fox River that that it's like it's still kind of like their home. Yeah. Yeah. People just feel like they're not invasive, like the you know the the goby or whatever in the right. lakes or whatnot. Like no foil or something. Yeah, they're not like that. Yeah, it's kind of like. Uh, it's like the the bike exhibit. You feel like it's yesterday. The pelicans they've been they've been around forever. Right. Yeah. yeah. So now you have we've got a bunch of animals up there. We've got. Um, Is it every yeah. year they add? You add every year? Yeah. Or? So we raise money every year to add okay. to it. Um, we're not really sure if it's going to be around though in the future because there's the develop there's a development going in probably. Okay. Um, I don't think it's totally done yet, but um, I know that they're working on that. They're that old bank property that's right next to the museum, okay. which is where that alley is. They're going to close the alley? or I think it might close it, so we don't really know yet. But Dang. that property is technically belongs to Lawrence. Okay. So. Is that, would you be, I'd be bummed, I guess, if I was you. I mean, <laughs> I would say that it added a ton of color and life and culture to this area mm-hmm. for for the life that it's been there, and mm-hmm. it put Chad's work on display. Definitely. Um, it's been in magazines now. It's been, you know, um, in the paper a few times. Mm-hmm. And that's been really cool to be a part of and mm-hmm. to see. And then to be there during Mile Music when you have a sea of people with lights and art and yeah. all that kind and of stuff. All that, that's, of it. It's all part of the same vibe that's yeah. created there. So just to be able to add to that for a few years has been really cool. Yeah. But um, if it goes away, it goes away. And if it goes away for something really cool, like a, a development that's going to help the economy in that area, it's going to help the museum, it's going to help the restaurants. Foot traffic, maybe. All of that. It's going to help people live there, people work there, whatever it ends up being. Um, so be it's it. a good thing. And yeah. if we were part of some momentum that helped build up that space before it turned into that, great. I'm yeah. not saying that that's what happened. Probably not. But no, I mean, no. It's, it's, better, for the, it's better for the whole... Definitely. downtown if if that if that's the case yeah i agree i mean that's awesome it's a good, great perspective to have on it um so that's kind of the visual aspect of your your geek outness on yeah. arts um so you're a part of the symphony right the, no i'm not part of the oh, symphony but like you're part of the board or something so i help out there well actually so the fox valley symphony is one of our clients that be connected so we get to work with them and i've i've been season ticket holder now for a couple years and i just i think it's um within the younger generations i think it's an enormously unseen gem of pack uh, no the symphony 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 is different than the pac right they support each other but they're different so and then i've been involved or not involved but i've been a fan of the musicals that come and go mm-hmm. to the shows and everything like that. And then um, they recent the PAC then 
recently started a uh, leadership group um, called the New PAC, which is Northeast okay. Wisconsin Professional Advisory Committee. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's cool. Which I'm lucky enough to be a part of, but it's not affiliated with the symphony. Okay. It's affiliated with the PAC. Okay. So, like, what do you do on that? Well, it's relatively new. It's okay. only been around for a few months, but... Just trying um, to figure it out, maybe. Yeah, we're still in the kind of introductory phases of getting to know each other and see how we can help the organization in the center and um, some programming things, some fundraising things, some event things. So we're, uh, we've been talking about um, a celebration event for um, the end of the season um, or a rap party. Uh, it's being billed as... Uh, like rap, like hip-hop? No, rap, like W-R-A-P, uh, okay. like wrap it up okay. for the season, um, which is not, it's not the total end of the season, but it's just to celebrate the season that was. Okay. Um, so Did, that's called Crescendo, and it's at the end of the Chairman's Gala. Okay, sweet. Yeah. Have you considered putting the W in parentheses and making it a rap <laughs> party? <laughs> um, there might be some hip-hop things involved. Okay. So uh, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just kidding. The, the Performing Arts Center normally doesn't bring in rap shows. but For sure. You know. We'll see. No. <laughs> um, so when you first started Be Connected, did you ever anticipate how much you'd have how much opportunity I guess you have to be creative um in your own way and give back to all these different things so the creative part started in day one because the first purchase I made as the company was a camera Mm -hmm. so that was always there but the the give back part was something that I like I don't want to say I dream I dreamt of yeah but I did I thought like I thought I put it up as a goal, like I want to be able to get to the point where we can give back and we can get involved. And mm-hmm. that goes back to the idea of if we have more capacity, we have more capacity to help and to make a difference. Mm-hmm. And in that regards, um, yeah, I mean, I guess I did envision it. I, I, I had, I had a goal. Yeah. Um, it's pouring out right now, by the way. Yeah. At first, <laughs> which is so crazy because it was absolutely amazing out yeah. today. Yeah. And also, um, when it first started, I thought it was a plane taking off. No, it's. It but was, I just uh, ignored it. It and, was very uh, raining. Yeah. Sorry to all you folks at home that were enjoying sunshine and now yeah, it's raining. Absolutely. But maybe more anyways, people watch this now. That's Who right. Knows? They'll all be stuck inside, yeah. firing up Facebook Live yeah. to pay attention. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we have three. We, can... pe- we have three people watching. Nice. I'm probably one of them. Hey, thank you guys so for four, watching. So there's four. So now there's three. I re- I'm, I'm one. Yeah. Right? There you go. <laughs> we had yeah. seven. We appreciate we appreciate you guys. I mean, the goal of this is really to, much like Brad's goal, just give back to the community and introduce people to the, the right people, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, give people a platform to hopefully promote awesome things they're doing and, and make it build, uh, which kind of leads into um, my next question, which is... Um, how do you, like, now that you're in a position where you have all these opportunities and, and you've done all these different things to give back, what do you see for the general citizen as, like, one of the best opportunities for an easy way to give back? Like, if uh, like if you had a high school friend that yeah. still lives in town that came up to you and was like, I love what you're doing in the community, like, how can I help? Or, like, how could I get involved at, like, a simple step? Like, what would you recommend them? 
this is Appleton. This is more relative to Appleton and the Fox Cities. I was just going to say, it's, a little, probably, it's a little, probably a little tougher in bigger cities. Mm. Um, well, if, it's probably easier in bigger cities. Probably, probably more opportunities, more, yeah. but we're lucky enough to be in an area that has a ton of nonprofits and a ton of people that get involved. Um, let, me, let me think of how I want to word this. I mm-hmm. would say from an introductory level yeah. into community involvement, I think if you can if you can just look in the mirror and see what your value is mm-hmm. and not what your wannabe value is, but mm-hmm. what your value is at this moment, mm-hmm. whether that's time, insight, creative skill set, um, maybe money. A, yeah, I, an I mean, asset, yeah. yeah, an asset like a donating trailer. a couple hundred bucks or a trailer. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter if you have something of value to give, there are always, always willing recipients if you're a team player if you're not a team player then it's better off not to have somebody involved like that sounds terrible but right if you don't you don't want toxic work environment even if it's a nonprofit or for-profit it doesn't matter mm-hmm. but if if you have some sort if you can look in the mirror and say what value do i have to give not what i want to give someday but what i have right now mm-hmm. um what value do i have to give and everybody does have that if, if you're willing to see that mm-hmm. and then i would say that if you do have aspirations for the bigger stuff, like if you say like board of directors, like mm-hmm. how can I ever get on a board of directors? I'm only 20 something years old, right? Yeah. I would actually see that as a stepping stone process. And that's how I saw it. Like when mm-hmm. I first started getting involved, there's like the entry level community involvement, which is like the socials, the meetups, the volunteering, mm-hmm. the um, ways to just get to know people, network with people and things like that. And then there's the next level of volunteering, which is being able to be behind certain events that get done. That's mm-hmm. the easiest form of entry is events. Everybody needs help with events. Mm-hmm. So that could be volunteering on a committee or even just volunteering to help the committee so that you eventually get to be on the committee or get asked to be on the committee. Mm-hmm. And you get to do that times a few different committees. Yeah. And then eventually you start to provide more value than just whatever that physical talent is or whatever that time is or whatever. It could be more insight. It can be more experience and things like that. And then you eventually work your way up to board level yeah. where you can then start to make a bigger impact on organizations instead of just showing up to an event like you did first. Mm-hmm. But one leads into the, into the next and that all starts with being able to look in the mirror and say, what value do I have to give today? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I love that uh, metaphor of stepping stones. Um, because I come from, uh, my dad's a Mason and I actually like in college, I got like into conspiracy theories for a while. So I like, I like using the Freemasons. I like, I'm out of that. I just learned about a conspiracy theory this last weekend. Yeah. Not local. I was in, we were in the Denver airport and I heard the Denver airport has got like all of these conspiracy symbolism and fallacies or phallic, like the whole thing is supposed to be a phallic symbol and whatever. Well, it's supposed to be like a whole bunch of underground tunnels that were built by the Freemasons and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, there's all the, that mural with like, Mm -hmm. like the, so I just learned about that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) Um, I didn't dive too deep into that one, but, uh. But I like the stepping stones because there's like levels to the Freemasonry. I was trying to explain to him actually, because um, he's quite a bit younger than me. He's my brother, uh, producer. For those of you watching, my brother Griffin. Um, Thanks, Griffin, for producing the show. Yeah. Well, so my dad, being an actual Mason, he's not free. He charges. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's just good. But uh, there's you. You can really see the levels of like coming in and just like being the grunt work. 
like mm-hmm. like you just said, the grunt work. That's the first step. It's like the easy to show up. Everybody offer, knows about exactly. It. Show up. Tell me what to do. Literally, that's how you start, people. You show up and have someone tell you what to do if you want to be involved. Mm-hmm. But then the next step is like um, you kind of see the order of it. So then you have to like there's like a skill. So it's like mixing the mud, mixing the concrete. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then once you get good enough at that, you can like you get so fast that you can offer your hand at the next piece. And when you're offering your hand at the next piece, it's, you know, it's striking joints and cleaning, you know, cleaning, making it look nice. And once you master those things, then you have enough time to learn the deeper things or learn the next. And it's all levels, but that, yeah. I just, I like that metaphor because... And I'm not that's, saying I'm a Freemason or anything no, like no. that. Or a Mason. Yeah. <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure, Brad. But, <laughs> but I, I, I have always th- seen it like that, that... There is value in cutting your teeth, mm-hmm. and you have to prove yourself a little bit before you can actually es- establish credibility. Mm-hmm. And that's more than just business. That's also volunteering. Everybody thinks like, you know, people that are owners of companies or that are high up in certain positions, they get to do all these cool things. You can do those cool things too if you prove your credibility throughout the the process and right. always have the end goal in mind and providing value and helping people. Mm-hmm. What's interesting, and I'm coming at this as someone who's 24 and uh, maybe hasn't been there yet, but uh, but it seems like when when someone who achieves that level of like mastery or success or reputation um, that you're saying goes and does all these cool things. Um, when they do more cool things than like, cause the, the opposite end of that spectrum is playing in the dirt. It's getting your hands dirty. It's, it's, you know, doing those things. I would actually about. argue that you don't achieve the notoriety and the success and then be able to do cool things. I would argue that it's the process of building those cool things that mm-hmm. give you the notoriety and success. So, for instance, the Alley Project, Mm -hmm. I started getting involved with that when I just had a couple of employees, and I was a volunteer. uh, I was involved with the History Museum, and it was a rundown, broken alleyway. Mm -hmm. And we built a four-by-four stage and raised about $5,000 in order to get some paint thrown up on a wall. Mm -hmm. Like, that was it. We had to get approvals, and we had to get, you know, the uh, at the time, it was like a sign-off for a, a... the mural to be painted on the wall because it's an exterior sign and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And we um, needed to get an alcohol permit so we could sell beer. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's all, anybody can do that. It's Right. So you're defining the cool thing as the end product. Yeah. Well, of... there's a misconception that like only the cool people or the higher up and the people that have success can do those things. Mm-hmm. When in reality, it... It was the process of doing that that then started to build my credibility. Right. And I'm, I, I'm. Right. There are still many, many people in this community mm-hmm. that I really look up to that I want to, um, eventually, you know, be at the same level. Right. Because, I, and not that, not just because, but because then you can make a bigger difference even mm-hmm. then. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and you can do more cool things. So, what I was trying to get at is the key is is you have to be constantly reinvesting in what whether it's a new thing or whether it's a, you have to be reinvesting in that time in the dirt in order to get to the point 
to be like the people you're you're saying you look up to like higher in the community but the the contrast is when someone does something nice and they they get some perks whether it's money or um, notoriety if they go then and do cool things which I was defining in my head as like uh, balling out basically so like buying nice things or like a nice watch or like travel that's what I thought you meant when you said you get to do these cool things oh. um, no you you went with the way more practical and like actually fulfilling <laughs> yeah. things um, I well I everybody's motivated by different things I'm right. personally not really motivated by a watch that I don't wear or for sure uh, I you know, a really baller car, motorcycle Definitely. or whatever. Now, granted, I I like to work to a point where I can have comfortable things because mm-hmm. it allows me to not worry about it and be comfortable in the space that I'm in and mm-hmm. be proud of the space that I'm in because I think, you know, pride often gets like a, a bad rep. But I think if you can be proud of where you're at, it gives you the confidence to then go in and make to make a difference in somebody else's life. Mm-hmm. But um, I I don't necessarily... I also don't think that if I ever, when we talk about like getting to that point, first of all, I don't think there is a point. Oh, there's right. not a, there's not oh, like a, no. a level forever. you get to no. where you become elite. Right. I, think like, I don't think, yeah. I don't think it works like that. No. And I also hope that if, if I'm ever seen like that by anybody, which I'm, I, I don't, don't think, think I, I don't think I no, ever will I be either. <laughs> I hope that I don't eliminate myself from getting in the dirt. Because right. I think that's awesome to be able to get your hands dirty and to give back. Mm-hmm. Um, behind the scenes, it's a lot easier to raise money when you have a bigger network. Mm-hmm. Um, and raising more money means you can do more impactful things a lot of times with nonprofits specifically. But mm-hmm. um, that's not why I do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. it's awesome. So how long, when did Be Connected start? How long have you been doing so it? So this May will be eight years. Eight years. Mm-hmm. Okay. So... Um, you're doing all these different things. You have, uh, I mean, but also you, you see, when I was going through your social, I was going through like looking up like things we talk about, things like to make My sure kid, to bring up. I cook. I, I yeah, have a dog. I was, I was gonna ask. <laughs> Is that like, what you found a lot? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was literally gonna say you, you're a family man, like yeah. obviously. Um, yeah, it's relatively new for me, but I'm getting used to that. Right, but yeah. even like your parents and like you're very. Um, seems to be a, a very strong foundation or pillar in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, how how do you balance that, I guess, or how do you prioritize that with, with doing all the other things? Well, honestly, I've never seen the word balance as being um, achievable mm-hmm. in my position, and I've known that. Um, I'm focusing a little bit more on it these days, not, not in terms of balance, but in terms of well-being. I think there is a difference. I think when people think of balance, they think of something that they can try to achieve. Sure, like like a <laughs> like a point where you could rest a, yeah. a chair. Oh, now I'm balanced. Right. Now yeah. I'm at peace. Now I'm yeah. good. The world th- never stops moving, though. I think, <laughs> I think what's more important is to focus on the journey to well-being. Mm. But you'll never be totally balanced. Mm-hmm. I think it's, um, and who knows? Maybe there's some people out there that you know do this for a living or they focus on, you know, getting people to that point. I don't think Mm -hmm. anybody ever really reaches that point because once you get to that point, it's always what's next. Right. Or grass is greener somewhere or yeah, look at what they're doing or I need that. I need that in my life. And even that, even that is time. And then once you get time, you're like, what do I do with my time? Right. So Mm -hmm. it's like, it's always about the journey. And I, I, I do believe that 
a journey towards well-being is how do you approach that how do you approach a journey your journey toward well-being do you have like a, a practice like a meditation or like a morning routine i need or? to do more of it um sure. i'm at, you caught me at a point where i'm, I'm trying to do more focus of it and it. trying to focus on it a little bit yeah um there's a lot of guilt that comes with it because like you know the guilt trip of you know, if I pull the reins back a little bit to focus on my well-being, mm. is somebody else going to come and take the business that I could have had? Mm. Or not take it, but like sure. if we're going up for a contract or something like Just that. Opportunities. Like, yeah, somebody's going to out-hustle me. Or, mm-hmm. you know, the people that I look up to are hustling 14-hour days. And, uh, right. well, I'm starting to get to the point where I need to be okay with that particular balance. Mm-hmm. So I'm... I'm still in, I don't have a way of doing it, but I have a mm-hmm. focus that I'm trying to put more time and energy into, whether that be time for myself or getting back into meditation stuff. I used to do it a little bit, but sure. um, getting back into working out and, you know. I'm curious. Um, and are we decent on time? Do we I have, have to... no idea. How long have we been going? What are we at? 35 minutes. We got a little bit of time. Okay. Okay. Vanessa, right? Yeah. If you're watching, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, uh, I'm curious as to, because I'm sure you're much like me, where you have all these ideas that are kind of like out in the horizon a little bit. Yeah. And like your brain will kind of, or whether it's your brain, your heart, or your stomach, I'm not sure which one it is, but um, it'll kind of like, some ideas will fall off and you're like, oh, that wasn't that important or I wasn't ready for it. And some ideas will like slowly build and like complexify, I guess. Yeah. Um, do you have, so like that idea or that focus on um, your journey of well-being, is that something or like, how does that, how does that manifest in your life? Is it, do you journal? Do you, do you like, do you gratitude or is it just kind of like something that just is going on in the, I think it's probably more of one of the things that's going, that's continually just going on. Okay. Is that how most of your, like most of your future, like ambitions and projects are kind of like? Yeah. I'm not, um, I don't let it go down into writing until I start. Okay. Until I like physically start doing something. Then I get serious about it and I actually put it down. I have other goals of mine that that I want to be able to work towards, Mm -hmm. um, that I feel like my career now is building up into that. But I don't think that I am at a place to start devoting a ton of time to it or right. to... Attention. Uh, it, right. Because honestly, I don't want to set myself up for failure where right. I you know, I start putting a ton of time into it and then I realize I can't do it right now. Mm-hmm. And then I've let myself down. So instead, it's this idea that keeps festering and building on itself and things like that. Mm-hmm. And um, But it never really quite goes away. Yeah. Um, and that could be, you know in the music industry, yeah. it could, which I'm a complete nobody. <laughs> um, it could be in the, uh, commercial development space with office space and, you know, public areas and things like that. Mm-hmm. It could be, um, whatever is next for me, you know, I, I don't know. But Do you ever find, um, this is like resonating with me and how like things go for me. Do you find, uh, that you almost have an idea, and then when you come across something that like reminds you of that idea, it like that idea comes back, and then you add a new layer, and then you kind of forget about it. So like you're talking commercial real estate, like yeah. may- maybe you see, maybe you go on a walk with your wife, and you see um, a commercial real estate sign. <laughs> yeah. Is like is that when the idea like comes forward again, or is it just kind of sporadic? Well, I'll see stuff that's finished. 
okay. and appreciate what's finished. And then sure. when I realized that it took five years to develop, mm. I'm like, <laughs> right. that's where it's like, yeah, I'm not ready for that yet. For <laughs> I'm sure. not ready to pour five years into something. Yep. But I, I get more inspired by like the finished thing in a different city okay. or a, a, you know, a, different, um, a different community that's got something that's really cool that we can learn from. Sweet. Um, I see that, but it's, I'm a long ways off from being able to, to make that happen right now. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so to finish it off, let's say, uh, tell us, tell us where you see, um, the Fox cities going in the next 10 years. Uh, well, I, I see the, uh, um, Let's make the, some predictions. No. Well, the predi- <laughs> I think the biggest prediction isn't really a prediction. Everybody, everybody knows it who's paying attention, and I think that mm-hmm. is the uh, the redevelopment of downtown is going to have a ripple effect that is going to be hard to deny. Mm-hmm. Um, the concentration of living units and mm-hmm. um, you know U.S. Ventures headquarters coming down here and um, all of the other office spaces that are going to come with that around that area. Jones Park's finishing up. Um, and I say all this just because our office is in downtown and I'm really excited to see what that does to the vibe, to the flow of people, to the, how many different options we have for lunch Mm -hmm. to, um, you know, arts and entertainment stuff that comes after say 4.30 PM or 5 PM. Mm -hmm. Um, all when you have that concentration of people that comes with it if if it's thought out so sweet uh, i'm excited for that because that's really gonna i feel like that's gonna drive a lot of the conversation about the fox cities as a whole Mm -hmm. over the next five years yeah if there can be some sort of like magnet yeah some sort of peak and i think i think overall the real reurbanization of things Mm -hmm. if 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 we were to fast forward five years from now and talk about the previous 10 years Mm -hmm. So to talk about that window of 10 years, five years from now, mm-hmm. I would say that the reurbanization of the Fox Cities is going to be the topic. So Because I mean, in that same span, you can talk about, you know, what's happened in downtown Nina, um, mm-hmm. what's going on in, or what will be the, the whole development in downtown Appleton. Uh, you've got things like Kakana doing some pretty cool things mm-hmm. and, um, just every community around here just kind of like re-centralizing and re-urbanizing. Yeah, um, putting a focus on their hub. Yeah, and then the culture comes with. Yeah. And I think that's that's pretty exciting. That is awesome. Nicely said. Thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Yeah, I hope I covered everything you wanted to cover. Yeah, I mean, um, there's room for more someday, right? Sure, always. <laughs> um, so uh, you got a camera on me. Thank you guys so much for watching. We always appreciate it. If you watch this later and you have a question for us or for Brad, um, make sure to throw that in the comments um, or direct message us. We'll make sure to get those answered. Um, We're very happy to be a part of Northeast Wisconsin community in general, Appleton, Fox Cities, um, to whatever degree we can be. And we appreciate you guys as viewers. So thank you so much. Uh, Next week, we have a very talented photographer. Uh, His name's Bennett Young, and he's kind of, he's got kind of a national attention following um, on Instagram, and he does a lot of uh, cabin photography around Northeast Wisconsin. I think he's my age or a year younger, and uh, he's from Appleton, so we're going to be talking to him about um, his process and how he got to where he is and 
um, maybe give you some photography tips. So this is But Why Not Podcast. Make the most of your day. Thank you.